face the world with Cetaphil. Get your dermatologist recommended Cetaphil for a great price at Chemist Warehouse. This is the House of Aths. It most certainly is, wherever you might be, right across the SCN Radio Network. This is all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. The House of Aths. John Stephenson's in the house. Cam Luke, you can text it anytime you like. 043398-1116. Johnny Steph, what up, big boy? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Good. Everything's good, Cameron. Just uh Yeah, looking forward to a great week. I'm back in Australia, up on the Gold Coast. Hello. And um yeah, yeah, looking forward to uh, back in the car, as everyone knows by now. Unreal. The listeners know that I love racing my car, love my speed. So um yeah, truly blessed to be back in the car. But um but more, more than more important, still uh, happy to talk athletics and still, even though it's the off season, it's the down season. We've seen Shakari Richardson at the Formula One mm-hmm. out in out in Texas walking around, and she was really the center of attention, to be honest with you, Cam. And seeing that was really awesome because for me, it just shows that athletics is really gaining traction when we're talking about becoming a mainstream sport and seeing her present the trophies to Lewis Hamilton and seeing a social media post. And um, I also know Dean Asher Smith from the UK was there. So when you look at it, right, you've got two regions, you've got a UK athlete and you've got an American athlete. And I think they were there supporting Nike, but, um, but again, it's really awesome because um, for me, it tells me that our sport is becoming recognized with, with some of these big commercialized sports. So, um, and again, it, it's what we talked about, right? The, these athletes that are going out there and self-promoting and doing essentially what world athletics has been struggling to do over the last few years. Um, it's really helps world athletics when they do do these things, because if um, world athletics is smart, they can piggyback off the back of these superstars that are going out there and building their own personal brand. So um, yeah, it's really nice to see Cam and, um, and yeah, looking forward to seeing the sport continue growing, and and we we we're blessed to be able to talk about it each week, mate. Absolutely, I I, I like where you were headed with the start of that 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 comment there. The fact that here we are in the best, you know, one of the most commercial sports in the world, Formula One, if not the most commercial sport. It's uh, getting to the business end of the year. There's a hell of a lot of interest when they go in. Well, all year there's a hell of a lot of interest, but anytime they go into the American leagues as we gear up for Vegas, and to have a female. American athlete, front and center. Mm. We've seen, of course, Noah Lyles be involved uh, in a mini controversy, but also been out there pitching baseballs and all the rest of it for Major League Baseball. The fact that you have to be of the highest profile to get invited to do these type of things is a suggestion where athletics and these athletes heading towards Paris are going. And I know we don't have have the events this big. We don't have a Formula One at this time of the year. We don't have... You know, Major League Baseball in front of 80,000 to throw a first pitch out. But I would like to see, and this is not just with track and field athletes, Johnny. This is with Olympic athletes. I would like to see uh, events and other sports reach out and try and incorporate some of our high-profile Australian athletes heading towards Paris because once they go to Paris and rip it apart, that bandwagon's going to be full, baby. We're already on it. So to anyone out there, make sure you don't stuff around. Get these people involved now. Chat to them. Learn from them. Accelerate their exposure and away you go. To be honest with you, Cam, no, I, I have a, I, I have a very different point. I think Hit me. it's commercialism at, at its laziness. I think a lot of these big companies are extremely lazy. They they go for the low lying fruit, which is you know your big commercialized sports. They grab a footballer that they feel that everybody knows within the local community, yep. which is no no disrespect or, or or offense to them, but it's to the actual individual. Like, yeah, good luck to you. I'm I'm happy for you because you're doing well. But I just think it's 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 pure laziness. 
um, when it comes to a lot of these big commercial companies because you've got to take a risk of the track and field athlete because it's not a team-based sport that's a high-profile sport in the country that's played week in, week out. So they go, okay, well, analytics will show that, mm. you know, this athlete is, gets more exposure. But when we're talking about inspirational value, talk about the difficulty, you talk about what these athletes go for, you and I talk about each week, we understand you know, the, a lot of our track and field athletes competing against the very best in the world. Now, I'm not being biased. I'm just being very real. True. And, you know, and I think the more exposure you and more, we talked about collaborating with AFL um, and using, we had a few discussions on the show about, okay, bringing athletics in the off season when football's in its off season and collaborating and showing how these, our athletics supports all these sports. Um, it's a fantastic way. You mentioned about having a race at the same time as the grand final or, an, or a football uh, game where there's a, you know, 1500 around, around the, the over. So, I mean, I like, again, I'm saying this takes a bit of effort and, and I think, you know, I think it's commercial laziness, if you ask me, because I think our athletes are, are super duper stars. And when you see the Formula One picking up in Houston, in Texas, picking up Shakari Richardson, their very own, um, the last person of that was Usain Bolt and mm-hmm. he's a super duper star. So it shows the, the trajectory that Sh- Shakari's on, um, uh, fashion week in Milan with, with Noah Lyles and um, Alicia Schmidt from Germany. Yes. She was there on the runway, you know, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's something which, which, yeah, I, I just think in Australia, we got to, you know, and, and the great chemist warehouse, Mario understood this. I had this conversation with him um, and he, we've got a really good athlete program at chemist warehouse. Now where we're supporting our athletes, giving them exposure to the wellness uh, magazine through all the mediums that chemist warehouse have that they promote, um, which is so, so good. And if other brands can start to understand this, um, man, it's going to be great for our sport, which our sport's a foundation sport. We've got to get it in our heads. Absolutely. It's a foundation sport, man. Like it's not competing with AFL, NRL. It's complimenting. Ridian Crowley is a superstar walker. Olympian, of course, that has been continually in the top 10 of major championships. He is going to join us next right here. All thanks to Kemba's Warehouse on the House of Ass. But I've got a big question for you, actually related to the topic we just did. We just did. You know what I'm going to do? No, I can't make Ridian wait. Ridian's up next, and then I'm going to ask you the question in around 20 minutes' time. This is with Johnny, Steph, and Kamluk, the House of Ats. Face the world with Cetaphil. Get your dermatologist recommended Cetaphil for a great price at Chemist Warehouse. This is the House of Ats. I'll tell you where you might be, wherever it is, right around the nation. You need to get involved, 043398. 1116. It's quite simple. Best way to get involved with our man, Johnny Stephenson, who's on yes, fire sir. already. You, I tell you what, man, you look fresh. I know we, we've spoken a little bit about it already, but you look real fresh. Are you pumped for our next guest? Man, I'm, let me tell you something, Cam. I'm back in Australia on the sunny Gold Coast. And yep. I guess that's what you're seeing, man, is my glow from the beautiful weather that's up here. <laughs> um, looking forward to go, uh, looking forward to competing at uh, the Gold Coast 500 this weekend, um, which is going to be awesome. You know, I love my speed, yep. love my cars. But uh, someone who goes very fast yes. in, a bit, in an event that I'm actually good at these days. Nah, disagree. Not, techni- not disagree. technically. You would be but I'm actually, disqualified early. If you see me on early. the street, say it again. You'd be disqualified real early. Real early. No, 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 no. no. I'm not talking about Olympic stand. I'm okay. talking about if I'm strutting this, the boardwalk of surfers paradise, so, my style is impeccable right so now, Cam. You, if you're and, a power and, walker, you're a power walker. No, no, I don't power walk. I've got to strut. <laughs> I've got a mean strut. <laughs> now, all right, then let's bring in Ridian Cowley, who's one of the best in the world when it comes to the discipline of the walk. Ridian, hello to you. 
Uh, g'day. Um, yeah, I'm kind of jealous of uh, John being off on the Gold Coast because it's uh, bloody freezing down here in Melbourne today. <laughs> Mate, it is ridiculous down here. How much is that? Tra- Are you in training mode at the moment or not? Uh, yeah, so I'm in uh, week four of my uh, preparations for Paris. Um, had a nice bit of time off after the World Championships in uh, Budapest and uh, yeah, back on the grind now. Really, let's talk about that. I mean, you're in week four. Mm. Budapest felt like it only ended last week and, and you're back into training. Uh, uh, eh. Walk me through, are you one that wants a bit more rest and this is your coach's instructions or is this something that you felt straight up to Budapest, you know what, I've got to get ready for Paris? Uh, I mean, yeah, we had basically all September um, to ourselves, our training squad. So um, that went really quickly. i tell you what, like months just fly by <laughs> at my age. <laughs> and uh, yeah, before I know it, it'll be uh, up to Paris again. But um, yeah, just having that time to switch off and not having a settled training and when I say week four, it's not like we're flogging ourselves uh, quite yet. It's yeah. just sort of re- reintroduction to training and just sort of gently reminding the body what we're doing. Is that typically how much you'd have off is like four weeks? I, I remember I used to, a lot of the Australian athletes when I used to compete not so long ago, uh, Cameron Luke. Yes. Um, <laughs> don't ask him the question well, yet. Do you not ask him the question There's yet. a chance. But uh, we, got a, a, we chance. got a funny joke, Cam and I. It's not actually a joke because I actually think that I did compete with a lot of these people but anyway cam will ask you the question um but i remember i used to start training in november 1st brilliant when i when i was uh competing and people used to, in australia used to go you are absolutely crazy i don't know how you take so long off and i felt like it was really good for me mentally and, and we've talked in um, various episodes about about this um do you feel i don't want to be facetious here but you know, you said that four weeks went relatively quick. In an ideal world, you'd like to have longer. And does Paris put that pressure on you to start earlier? Or is that something that you're just so used to now over the years of training? Um, I think it kind of depends yeah, for some athletes where they are in uh, their training cycles as well. Um, definitely the Olympics being next year is uh, one thing. Um, after Tokyo, I took uh, much longer downtime because I needed it, uh, particularly since we had the five-year Olympic cycle before that. Um yeah, but, but this one, yeah, four weeks is feels pretty right. Um, it's just enough time to sort of enjoy um, a slow pace of life before we uh, get back into it. Viridian, talking just on Tokyo, and I, I'm assuming you have a slightly different experience to many of the other athletes, and the only reason I suggest that is that you were out and about. What, what was the public um, participation like, or at least viewership like, on the streets of Tokyo for your event? Because in the, in the stadium, clearly... Uh, there was a limited amount of people, but were, were people allowed out in the streets in Tokyo? I can't remember. What was it like for you? Uh, well, I don't actually uh, know what the streets of Tokyo were like because uh, I was racing and, and the uh, marathoners as well were racing in Sephora. Were you, were you in, uh, okay, well, there you go. There you go. You know what? Sorry. They had no dramas at all. You've got to, you've got to pick up dumb mistakes by me. I make them once a year. Johnny no, no. makes them once a segment. So, uh, no, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, okay. all, it's all good. But, the um, streets? Yeah, I think there was... I guess people were sort of allowed out on the on the streets, but also it wasn't sort of that three people deep sort of yep. crowd that you might uh, otherwise expect. So it was some, um, yeah, in some ways it was a little bit like a lower key race, and you'd usually uh, think of an Olympics. But um, I didn't let, didn't really want to let that uh, worry me. You know, if I was racing uh, in an underground car park with one person watching it, and it was called the Olympics, I'd still uh, want to do it. Hey, Sorry, sorry, Cam. I've always wanted to know this. I, I, be, I was very good friends with Luke Adams, who is, uh, I think, is one of Australia. You know, he placed top ten in two thousand three uh, in the walk, and 
Um, I always like to know this question. How did you how did you find the walk, Ridian? How were you a distance runner, a jumper, a sprinter, and did little A's and found yourself into uh taking the walk as a sport? Or like how how did you get there, mate? Uh, yeah, so I'm another one of the people that have, I guess, picked up athletics through uh, doing the little athletics. Yep. Uh, walks and I guess the distance runs were the things that I was really good at. Um, took me like years to figure out you had to throw the discus out of the front of, the, front of your hand instead of the back of your hand. <laughs> so I was wondering why I could only throw it like 10 metres. Um, but yeah, I guess um, I won a few state championships uh, when I was uh, quite young at, at walking and so I, I suppose... Um, having had a little bit more success in that event uh, early on, that's um, what's catching me. And how old me, uh, were you there, the... Ridian? How old were you around there? Oh, well, first state championship, I think, was when I was about 10. Okay. Yeah. So a little, little while say, ago. Yeah, so you decided around 10, you're like, so young kids and parents listening, that was for you, you you knew then, okay, this this event feels like something I can really progress to become an Olympian in. Uh, I don't really think I was thinking about the Olympics at that point. Um, I just knew that I liked uh, getting out and about and walking and running and and what have you. I think, yeah, probably it was only after I finished school that I started realizing that hey, I can like go travel the world and meet people from other countries um, with my walking. So, um, yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily something that you have to be fixated on from a young age, but as long as you're enjoying it, and yeah, I really love walking and really love running. So I think even. Uh, when I uh, sort of move on from elite sport, I'll still be out there doing it. When, when you when you're talking, you know, long distance walking, it's such a technical sport as 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 we know, and, and sometimes in the most heartbreaking circumstances when it comes to some Australians at the highest level, is it is it just all muscle memory now, or you do have to continually when you're getting fatigued late in a, in a big race, do you still have to force yourself to make sure you stay technically perfect, knowing that the judges are are right there over your shoulder. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really difficult to, you don't want to overthink it, yep. but, um, yeah, a lot of it's muscle memory. You're just trying to train that good technique, even when you're tired, even when you're pushing hard in training, um, uh, because you know, you're going to be tired and pushing hard at the end of a race. Um, but yeah, you just kind of want to boil it down to some uh, simple cues so that you're just thinking of like the one or two cues about being relaxed or, um, you know, what your arms are doing, what your feet are doing, uh, and just making sure that those cues are, are, are what's keeping you to you know, your technique nice and tight uh, in front of the judges. Well, um, just yeah, you still got to focus on actually rate, uh, racing. That's the thing, right? You've got to try and keep technically sound because there's judges there ready to uh, throw you a card or whatever there is. When you get a card early, right? So when, when you get a little warning early in the in the walk, in the race, like what goes through your mind? Do you have to bring things back? Are you trying to keep on a, a strategy? Sometimes there is someone who's trying to go a little harder. Like this, there feels like a million extra things thrown into race walking to think of that, that can sometimes make it a bit more complicated than just a traditional, say, marathon, which isn't easy, of course, but you, you've got to technically be perfect for, for 20 or 50 Ks. Uh yeah, so I guess it depends on the context yep. uh, of of the race. Um, yeah, sometimes if you're feeling a bit shocking and you get a card and you're like, well, I'm not surprised, but it just kind of reminds you to um, just think a little bit more about your technique. Yep. Um, maybe if you're trying to push a bit hard and you're starting to get some yellow paddles waved in front of you, you just got to think, okay, I just need to settle down and chill out a bit. Um, yeah, one of the things with, I guess, us endurance events is that We've got to get the um that excitement level just right. You know, you still can't be underexcited, but you don't want to get too overexcited and sort of lose control of things. Really, so, with, with with the disqualification, do you see things sometimes it's it's biased depending on what country you're in or or who the walker is? 
Um, I think I've definitely heard stories that in the past there was certainly a lot more um, sort of nationalism in the judging panels, but I think these days it tends to be generally pretty good. Um, sometimes uh, I think, if anything, it's more about who's established versus not established. If there's a new person yeah. in, the, in the front pack, they tend to attract a little bit more attention from the judges because yes. the judges are like, hey, I'm not used to seeing this person here. And then once they've got a handle on that person and how their technique is, um, either the judges will be like, yep, I know them, they're good. Or they'll be like, oh, I know them, they're not very good. I've got to keep a close eye on right, them. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And is, does that, is that something when you come into a championship, you sit with your coach and say, you know what, I, um, um, you know, we're in this country. You sort of, I would like to think you sort of start to recognize the faces of the judges um, you do your recce for the for the uh, for the event and the course. Um, and is there like areas where you know you need to tighten up your technique when you're out there competing? And is there areas where you know you can be a little bit more relaxed and sort of getting your flow and getting your vibe? Uh, yeah. So I guess in the lead up to Budapest this year at uh, Montpellier, we had some uh, biomechanics support um, with Athletics Australia, and that's just yeah making sure that we're picking up on on things uh, that if there's slight technical changes or issues that we're just like keeping on top of them and just remembering the cues basically uh, that we have um yeah I, I guess one one example i can think of is uh, i i know Jared Talent coming into the 2012 Olympics was looking yeah. at the judging panel and was like, oh, well, I'm going to get two reds right away from, I think, a couple of judges that he knew didn't really wow. like him. And, wow, and, wow. And, he, and he did. And he, he walked the, I think, the, his 50K race most of the way on two reds, but he didn't get a third and wow. he uh, came home with a gold medal. So um, wow. you know, he, didn't, he didn't let that bother him. And, and I guess that's sort of like the same thing. Really? We don't want to let that bother us. Reed and I had a really cool experience and I hate always saying I had this and I did that, but it's unfortunately I've been involved yeah. in sport and, and fortunately and I love the sport. And um, in 2019, and I, and I really, the first time I, besides Luke being a good friend of mine and, and sort of listening to him about his event, I got to spend time with um, Brent Valance and, um, and Jemima Montag and out there in our holding camp in Brezi. And um, I got to see how hard Jemima worked and, and, um, I was, I was the dedication, her focus, her commitment, her self-belief um, was amazing to watch. And I really developed this really beautiful understanding of your event, something that I was very ignorant to my whole career that I didn't understand. Right. And, um, and that was a real revelation for me and watching her compete in Doha was, um, was, was so cool. And then seeing her, you know, win a medal in Budapest mm. was just, to me, I felt, I, I felt this overwhelming emotion because you feel like you're part of the journey right um how did that affect you when you saw jemima and, and how well she competed did that sort of change your mindset you know yes there's been you know uh jared talent um there's been my boy um he sat on the board of me nathan deeks um and you know obviously you knew okay it's achievable luke adams you know okay meddling and placing is achievable how much now when you're seeing jemima just in budapest do you look in at paris and go you know what this is going to be me uh yeah i mean jemima's yeah really inspirational um like even even for me like coming as a bit of an older athlete to her um but yeah australia's got a pretty long solid history in, in the walks as mm. you basically just detailed um for for everyone uh and it's good to know that we can still uh, win medals and, and toss it, uh, you know, fight with the best uh, other nations. Even, um, yeah, I think a lot of those other medals came when there was the AIS walks program, but now we're showing that 
Australia is still strong at walks, even without that AIS mm. program, without the centralised program. Um, we've got a pretty good program down in uh, Victoria and uh, Jared Talent uh, over in uh, Adelaide. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just really exciting because uh, especially when you, we have some of the other events like pole vault and high jump stepping up to know that walks is still able to deliver medals. Uh, in Paris, we've got the uh, mixed uh, marathon uh, relay uh, event that's being introduced for the walks. And wow. so, yeah, knowing that Jemima's going to be a medal chance in the individual and uh, we saw Declan get a top eight in Budapest as well. Um, you know, really excited for them and, uh, you know, if really excited for myself to be part of that, like either helping win a medal myself or just being there and supporting other other teammates to get medals. Um, it's just really exciting. And when you're out there racing or uh, on the fence, you've got the best seats in the house. So um, I know I'm just going to love it, whichever um, part of, uh, of that story that I ha- I'm in. So is that four, is that four legs of 10K? Is that how, how it's working? Uh, no, it'll be, uh, oh, I guess four legs of 10, 10-ish K, sort yeah. of, but it's just two uh, athletes. So okay. each, each athlete has two legs. It's, it's yeah, it's interesting. It seems to like it'd be an event designed by a committee almost. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be, be interesting, and I hope we can make it an exciting race for everyone. Uh, I know this sounds like a stupid question, but no batten, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, we don't actually know some of those details. Yeah, okay. Um, so I'll, I'd assume no batten. Mm, that's sort a of good question, sim- Cameron. Similar, yeah, similar to, like, um, I don't know, I do sometimes in the winter season cross-country yeah. really yeah. with Athletics I don't Victoria. Think, I don't think it would be anything worse than having a batten in your hand for 20 No, I reckon we should do, like, the um, Japanese Ekaden relays and have, like, a sash. You know what? Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually really like that idea. See, see, innovation is what we try to do on this show, and then yes, an actual athlete and smart person comes yes, along, like Ridian, and it goes from there. I, I want to ask you. I just want to take it back a little bit. Uh, so, when you're when you're competing, and you get to 15k, and you haven't had a yellow card or a warning yet, do you pick it up? Do you do you pick it up and run the risk a little bit based on the warnings that you've had? Like, if you get to a certain part of your race. And you're still on on zero warnings. Do you, do you have a, do you go a little bit harder and, and run the gauntlet? Um, I guess it kind of depends. Um, probably going to be saying it depends. It depends a lot. That's all right. uh, on, it, it does, this, it does but, depend. Uh, yeah, uh, it does depend how you're feeling, where you are in the race. Um, like certainly if you're up in the lead pack and you're you're clear and you're feeling good, um, that's where you would definitely be starting to think about: Do I make a move? Do I respond to a move? Those sorts of things. Uh, whereas if you're maybe a bit worried about the judges, you'd be like, okay, I just need to um, concentrate on getting through to the finish line. Um, and yeah, then sometimes like if you got no cards, but you're just really struggling, yeah. you're not even thinking about uh, um, throwing the gauntlet down, you're just like, oh my God, let's get to the finish. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, hopefully that happens a bit less to me these days. I remember as a junior coming through, that step up to 20Ks was was pretty tough, but uh, I've got lots of training miles in my legs now, so it's usually a bit easier. Well, to get those to get the distance in, I'd like to think there's a massive nutritional uh, element to it, Ridian. Um, do you want to sort of describe to the listeners what you would sort of do throughout a, a 20k or a 50k or now that now they've shortened it, but what you would do um, as far as nutrition throughout the race? Because, like again, I know a lot of the if that's a big part of your event. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the walkers and for the marathoners, the nutrition thinking starts even you know before the race, um, you know, trying to carbo load and, and cut mm. down on FODMAPs and, and so forth so that you don't have uh, GI issues. Uh, and then, yeah, during the race, 
uh, particularly for the 50k and the 35k, um, fueling was hugely important. 20k, it's still important uh, to be hydrated. Um, so yeah, in training, we're practicing a lot to get in enough uh, liquids and our gels and whatnot, making sure that our stomachs are happy with them. Because if you're not able to get stuff down and keep it down, then you're just not going to be able to fight in the last uh, quarter of the race. Um, and then, yeah, I guess if you've practiced it well enough in training, like in a race, it hopefully just takes care of itself. And then, you know, if you come past a drink table and you drop the drink or something, because sometimes that happens, you just got to not be too flustered about it and come have another go next time you go to the to the table. Um, we're lucky in the walks that we have those nice little circuits. It's um, so never too far away from a drink compared to what the marathoners have with their 5K. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask that if you dropped, you know, your nutrition, you got 5k to go and it's your booster pack, you know, you're like, well, like, what happens, you know, does it, do you start to panic? But you answer the question and uh, I think like any true professional, you jog on and you, or walk on and you make sure that you, uh, you know, that you, um, that you, you, you say focus to the end goal. Uh, Rita, I just want to wind it back a little bit. We did touch on your break. What do you do to relax, mate? Like, like what well, I think a lot of listeners would like to know, like, do you, are you a type of guy who likes to hit the nightclubs? Are you like a guy that sort of likes to get away? <laughs> really? You look like a bit of a party animal, mate. So Cam would, Cam would love to hear that. If you, oh, yeah. if you say you're a party uh, animal, Cam's but, ears will prick up, mate. He'll be like, what's going firstly, on? Firstly, I would. And secondly, Johnny Steph's right there with me. So let's not just leave me as the only guy on this uh, show who's a little no loose. i no idea what you guys are talking about. What's a nightclub? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but, but seriously, what what is is it something? Uh, I don't know if you have a partner. Yeah, you're very close to your family. Um, is like what what do you find? How do you unwind? Because that's a, bit, a lot of people. We try and discuss this on the show. Um, you know about the, the mentality of an athlete mm. and what it takes to become a champion. And and you know we had a very good chat to um to um uh. Oh, Man, I'm not going to bow when you're getting the worst memory these when you, days. When you to, uh, how long ago? Oh, to our boy, the discus show. I could have, I could, uh, I could have <laughs> Denny. Matt Denny? You forget now, man, Matt Denny. No, because I know he broke Ben Harrity's record. In, in my head, oh. I just kept having Ben Harrity. So? Ben Harrity, Matt Denny, right? The chair, right? The, the big fella. The big fella, right? And 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 he, he talked about, we talked about sort of his diet and Cam wants to have a big tomahawk steak with yes, him when sir. he comes to Melbourne. Um, and so, so yeah, so what is it for you, mate, that, that you, you, you know what, this is my time away from the sport or you, or you just stay focused? 24 7 365 uh yeah i guess for me it's sort of feels like it's like a bit of a control panel with all these different dials so switching dials up and down um you know from you know off season the walking uh dial goes down and maybe something else gets dialed up but um yeah i guess something uh really that i picked up a bit more even uh, during uh, the covid lockdowns was just a bit of bird watching uh so a couple of weekends ago, I was out with some uh, work friends and my wife down at the Western Treatment Plant uh, down near Melbourne. And uh, yeah, we just spent the day looking at all the uh, birds that were down there because it's basically the wetlands yeah, and the shitload of birds uh, to look at. And yeah, it's just really fun. <laughs> okay, fun fact. Go I'll on. Tell you fun fact. Go on. I, I actually feel really, like I actually, I actually, him and I got something in common because when I was in grade five, I did bird watching at school. And, and I actually really enjoyed it. And I used, I know like cormorants, ibises, yep. 
Um, oh, here we. You've got no, Google no. up, mate. You've got Google right now. You've Googled this. I swear. I swear to you. I, I, I grew up in Perth, Western Australia. We yeah. used to walk the Swan. Yeah. And we used to look at all the birds on the Swan camera. And I feel I'm a, I'm a bit, a bit offended that you don't think that I am being serious right now. Cameron, well, the I only reason really... I don't believe you is I've never, ever, ever, ever heard you mention it before. But you're right. I oh, should I... take you. There's a lot we don't know about each other. You don't have to know what the birds are to enjoy them. That's also true, right? Because it's all about the serenity of the actual peacefulness without actually knowing the specific it, birdie looking Cam, at. It's actually, it's actually really, really enjoyable. It, 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 like I as can imagine. much as you would never think so. It's actually, you're right. It's a, there's a sense of calm. Yes. You, just, you listen to the noises of the wildlife and is that how you feel as well, Ridian? Is that sort of what you got out of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sometimes even just like bird watching when I'm out training. Mm-hmm. So it's well, one of the good things about having those outdoor. I think Cam, I think Cam got a little bit, little bit confused when he said bird watching uh-huh. because he, he started, he started, I was he actually, was actually going to make the exact same gag about Johnny Steph many years ago. That's what he did to try and take his mind off trying to win Olympic golds as well. Hey, uh, Ridian, uh, what does it look like for you? I, I'm, how many? We'll, we'll backtrack here. How many Australian races do you have? How many events in Australia between now and, and Paris do you have? Like, is, is there a heap of them? Uh, yeah, so I guess domestically there'll be um, a handful. Um, we'll have, uh, I think in January, uh, a 10K race in Canberra. Yep. We'll have our Olympic uh, trial in February in Adelaide. Um, they'll have the national 10K track and field championship walk as well. And I guess a Victorian state championship those ones are always hotly contested yeah uh, um in april um then there might be some domestic stuff um i think next next year probably be mostly domestic preparation for me until i head over to to europe um so there might be just some local sort of club uh, races yeah. uh on as well so that was that was really where i was trying to get to so how, how does your calendar look from now until paris so when you get to europe like what's the what's the schedule look like we we talk a lot about you know, to marathoners and, and obviously with the 42K and they speak about, you know, an event here, they've got to space it perfectly. Like how often, how quickly can you compete after a 20K at a, at a really high level? What What's the turnaround time before you're ready to go again? Uh, well, it does depend on a few factors. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think usually earlier in the season, if, particularly if it's a, an event that's like not quite as key, you pretty much just can train straight through them. Yep. Um, for I guess the Olympic trial this year it'll be um pretty important. So <clears throat> um yeah. Ridian. Sorry, tell, yeah. Tell me something, mate. Take the walkouts. I know that's your love and your passion. Uh if you had to choose another track and field event yeah. that you could be world class at, what would it be? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I always loved um four hundred. Oh no, you said four hundred? I didn't <laughs> say, say that again, who did? Ah, fifteen hundred. I love it. I love one it. It's too short. I don't. I don't know what. Like, do you just stop after one lap? Yeah, How does that's, that work? That's correct. Yeah, in fact, a couple of times Johnny stopped before the one lap was done. Actually. <laughs> so the fifteen hundred. Why? Why is that? Is, is 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 that like that? You watched the Olympics and and you know you like certain athletes. Why the fifteen hundred? Is something you enjoyed when you were little A's or? Yeah, I think it's just um in at school as well. It's just like a, a a fun sort of distance. Um, it's long long enough that there's like some interesting tactics about it, but also, um, you know, it's short enough compared to like a twenty k walk or whatever. It's it's over and done with pretty quickly. Um, yeah, just seems like a fun fun sort of distance. 
And who's your favorite? Sorry, sorry, Cam. I like to know these. Absolutely. Who's your favorite current day present company excluded between Cameron and (laughs) (laughs) But who's who's your favorite current day competing now and also ex-athlete in track and field? Because I, I, I know I had mine coming up like if you look at somebody now you go you know i really enjoy watching him compete now and and or someone in the past um exactly that's a loaded question if i've ever heard one <laughs> oh, if i if i could if i couldn't name you john <laughs> um I love yeah it. i i reckon yeah definitely uh, in terms of like past um com- com- uh, athletes uh jared talent would have to be up there yeah, um, awesome. you know just such a, a big uh, flagship for our event group um in australia and yeah always uh, so passionate about uh, clean sport um you know imagine how many golds he would have got like on the day yeah, if he course. didn't have to compete against all the russians that he had in, mm, in his yeah. time yeah, um and it, it yeah just... i don't know I, just, I really love watching all my teammates um to be honest, it'd be hard to pick a current day one. Hey, before um, you go any just... further, really, I just want to ask you about that because you, you've been quite vocal about it. The, the frustration in that situation with the Ru- Russian system and, and of course, Jared Talent, as you said, got got medals, you know, after the fact and, and many months and sometimes a year later, so, so later. It, it just absolutely sucks. Frustration that this happened in your sport. Uh, just a, a smidge before your time getting to the, the top level. Does it still burn inside and anger and frustration and disappointment around the way that uh, it was allowed to happen? Um, I suppose I don't, I don't, I try not to dwell on those sorts of negative yeah. sort of feelings, but, um, it's definitely glad that, uh, I guess it's not, I guess in the same, not in the same way, same way now with yeah. like the state, um, level, uh, industrial doping. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's, it's always challenging as an athlete. You want to believe that other performances and other competitors are, are legit. Um, but I guess you have enough experiences and see enough things um, that there's always that degree of, of mm. doubt. And uh, yeah, I suppose you can't really control what other people are doing. So you just try to control what you're doing. And um, that's, I guess, how I try to operate. It's, it's the best way to look at it. And uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it, it sucked at different times for many athletes right across the world in particular. Our very own Jared Talent. Before we do let you go, we alluded to it earlier. Uh, so Johnny Stephenson and I, we, it's a fairly loose show, as you can imagine, and we're having an absolute blast all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. And we have just superstars, like superstar athletes like yourself, join us each and every week. And uh, there are some that are relatively young, you know, 18, 19, 20. There are a couple a little bit older. Uh, yeah, well, How old are you, 30, 31? Reddit, how old are you? Uh, 32. Okay, 32. Yeah. So a little bit older, you're, you know, a veteran of the team, many good years to go, though. So. That's yeah, excellent. get my Zimmer frame out. Nah. <laughs> so Johnny Steph, every single time we have a guest on, every single time, in particular earlier in the show, he was like, "Yeah, we were in a we we're in an Australian team together." And like, like, like Lyndon Hall, I use this every week. Lyndon Hall's like twenty three, uh, and she hadn't competed at a senior Australian team like ten years after Steph had retired. I'll let you go first, John. No, 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 wait, this way, yeah. No, I'm pretty confident <laughs> that that. I, I I was on a team with Ridian. So you you and Ridian <laughs> competed for Australia on the same team. You are you are sure feeling, of that? I got a feeling that we did. Okay. I reckon Commonwealth Games 2014, Ridian was on the team. Okay. And we, Rid- we were on the same team together. Okay, Ridian. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a race walk at the 2014 Commonwealth Games, so. Uh... <laughs> 
Um, I, I did compete at 2013 Moscow. Were you there? Um, See? Were you Bang! There? I got banned. I got banned that year. I knew it. <laughs> Hang so on. technically, I was nah. there, oh. and technically, I was on that team. I just got banned for six months. Yeah, and you. But you... I was. But I was there. Okay, so our, our combination would have been too powerful. They, yeah. they didn't let us combine. See, there you go, Rita. Rita knows. So there Rita you knows. So you, there you go, Cam. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not go. that old, Cam. You cannot keep no, telling I, I'm the, not, I'm the not, listeners my, how old I am. My, your age. I was on the team with you, mate. Yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably just about your age, aren't I, John? <laughs> there you go. I love, I love this guy. I I'll love this what, guy. You, you look 12 years younger than him. Uh, I'll tell you what. I get it. My point with you, Steph, is that you, you sometimes muddle up when you're there socially with when you actually competed. But I'm glad that Ridian, finally, you and him, I'm not going to count it because no, you have to count even it. though you got selected, you shut your mouth and got booted off the Australian <laughs> team for six months. But at least you were going to be there competing at the same time. That's all that matters. Thank you very much. Beautifully thank you done. very much. Hey, even more importantly, Ridian, thank you to you for joining us on the show, mate. It's always great to have a chat. We look forward to catching up again as we head towards Paris and uh, you tear it apart over there. Well said. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, it's fun to be on. Thanks. Always Good welcome. All oh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Plenty more on the other side of this. Face the world with Cetaphil. Get your dermatologist recommended Cetaphil for a great price at Chemist Warehouse. This is the House of Aths. John Stephenson and Cam Luke, the Ridian Crowley podcast will be up shortly via SN.com. Now, you were talking about earlier, we were talking about it, Johnny, and ask you this question. Who is the most famous athlete on the planet right now? Track and field athlete. Who is the most famous? Right now? Right now. And I will preface this by asking you, is it still Usain Bolt? Yes. Mm, It is, right? Is that good or bad for the game? You know, he transcended the sport, right? What he did will probably never, in fact, in our lifetime, will never be done in some aspects, I believe. So is that good or bad that he is still by far, I believe, by far the most famous or high-profile or recognisable track and field athlete? Yeah, I think it's great for the sport mm-hmm. if he's used uh, correctly mm-hmm. by the powers that be. Mm-hmm. I think where, where it falls apart is that I don't think he was ever used properly post his career. Um, and now you're seeing people like Noah Lyles doing a great job um, trying to reignite the game and creating their own brand and their own style. Shakari Richardson, um, she really transcended the sport. Yep. If you look at her socials, look at how she communicates and how she sells her brand, um, she transcends She transcends the sport. And you're seeing that when you're seeing her at the Formula One on the weekend. Um, I think it's an absolute positive. It's not a negative. I think he's the GOAT, Usain Bolt. He's the Michael Jordan of our sport. Um, you're seeing kids wearing dunks and wearing Jordans to this day. Um, that does not take the shine off of LeBron James. Nope. Um, Steph Curry's, um, and 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 the list goes on. You know, um, when it comes to infamous NBA players. So, and this is your, this is really your lane when you're talking basketball, yep. Cam, and you're very well versed at this. Um, and and I just think Usain Bolt sits in that Michael Jordan. Um, oh, but that's not even a question. You know, yeah, he sits in that Michael Jordan not lane, even a right? Question. Um, I mean, Carl Lewis sat in that lane for me growing up as a kid, and and I think now this next generation, Usain sits in that lane, and it's a lane all by itself, and it does not compete with Noah Lyles and does not compete mm. with Shakira because it's a completely separate lane. Is this- and and. I was going to say, is, is Usain, like, is he still interested in track and field? Like, like you mentioned that. Of course. Yeah, so, like, is there a way for world athletics to incorporate him more? I, I think, you know, and, I, and I'm not speaking on Usain's behalf. No. This is purely my opinion and, and, and just through the knowledge that I have. I, I think that Usain, um, you know, 
to a certain extent, um, has completely been disrespected. I, I think for the body of work that he's done, mm-hmm. the things he's done, how he's how he's carried the sport for years, how he continues to carry the sport. Um, you know, as as you know, look, you look at you look at you know even post his career as a guy that keeps his name relatively or very clean. If you really ask me, for a guy of his profile, um, has inspired many around the world. Uh, and I just don't, I just don't think he he gets the just dues and respect that he deserves by not only the sport, by this by the sporting community in general. When we're talking about the goat status, yeah, not talking about whether they, they recognize him. Of course, people recognize mm-hmm. him. Of course, people mention his name. Of course, you watch a movie and people reference Usain Bolt. So if those are listening, don't think I'm I'm referring to that. What I'm talking about is to what level he sits at up the mountain. And how he's referred to, as in when you're starting to make comparisons, and I just think he sits in a lane that is just on another stratosphere and should remain there, and for, forever should be the pinnacle when we're discussing and talking about him as almost as the Messiah. <laughs> I, I agree. I think legitimately he is he's top five athletes of all time, of all time, uh, of all and, and time. You, and when you start saying that, that's a that's a tough. Group to be in. You're talking people. If you're American, you would say Muhammad Ali, yep. Usain Bolt, yep. Babe Ruth, yep. um, Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. maybe Tiger Woods, Serena right? Williams, M- Michael Phelps fits yeah. in there. Uh, absolutely, um, it's, it's, Bo it's, Jackson. It Bo is. Jackson fits in there. Yeah, it, look, it's um, an incredible conversation. But Usain Bolt, without doubt, in my mind, is he's the, the fa- five. Cameron. He's the fastest man in history. I agree. On the planet. On the planet. In an event, in mm-hmm. an event where there's no, there's very, 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 very little barriers to entry, mm-hmm. meaning that I said this to someone on the plane the other day, mm-hmm. you literally can become the fastest human being, man or woman, yep. in the world mm-hmm. if. You go to the park today with your mum. Mm-hmm. You take a stopwatch. Mm-hmm. You get a measuring tape from Bunnings and measure hundred meters. Mm-hmm. You run that hundred. Your mum times it. You get, you run nine four, right? You then take that 9.4 speed, you go to a local track meet. You then do that again on the track, and you might run 9.4 again. I don't know. You then do that at national championships. You run 9.4 again. They have to select you. I don't care what any federation and selection clause tells me. It's it does. If a kid runs 9.4 tomorrow at nationals, it's win legal. He runs 9.4. He's going to Olympic Games. That's No, that's three races now. Mm-hmm. This kid's run three races. Yeah, you then go to Olympics. You run that three more times. You're Olympic champion. So now in six races, you can be the fastest person in the world. When I talk about this, very little barriers to entry. And I've sure. simplified it. Of course, there's a lot more that goes to it. But I'm talking if God has blessed you with this unbelievable speed, mm-hmm. meaning that when you say Bolt's the fastest human being in the world ever, ever, that tells you on what atmos- what stratosphere he sits on. Couldn't and how agree good more. our sport is. I'm with you. I'm going to a break just to take a big deep breath and grab a cup of tea because what you were saying is pure passion and I love it. We'll wrap it up. All thanks to Kemmer's Warehouse next. Face the world with Cetaphil. Get your dermatologist recommended Cetaphil for a great price at Chemist Warehouse. This is the House of Aths. Johnny, Steph, Cam, Luke, House of Aths, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Now, uh, Johnny... You ready for this? Go on, hit me. You want my triple jump or my long jump world champion list? Which which event? All time. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like a cheap prom date, man, because <laughs> you keep promising me these things I and know, it's but... not delivering like... I know. 
And you won't believe give a, it. G- give me a long jump. But, but actually, no, well, actually, by you whinging about it, it's taking up the time when the show's done. Hey, just quickly before, we haven't got time now, but when are you competing? Give, tell me, when are you competing this weekend so people around Australia can keep an eye out? When are you competing? When are you in the car oh, first? This is going Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Fox, tune in to Fox. Or uh, your KO Sport. There it is. Cut up the track again. Forgive us, Warehouse. See you next week, Johnny. Thank you, brother. See ya.